Hi, I'm Jessica. And I'm Ashley, and we're the Theme Parkettes. Find out more about us, our store, our vacation planning services, and more at themeparkettes.com. Today, we are flipping the script once again. I, Ashley, am introducing this episode because today I'm the one asking the questions. I am the one who is literally completely in the dark on this subject, and Jessica is actually the one who has all of the answers, all of the advice, and a lot of stuff to say on this particular subject. Also, for the very first time in Theme Parkettes podcast history, we have a repeat guest. You might remember him from episode 10 that we did on Universal Hollywood's Halloween Horror Nights, but we had to bring him back for this particular episode. Please welcome back writer, director, producer, Brian Cavallaro. I am so honored to be back, and I am here exclusively to promote Knott's Berry Farm. So. <laughs> And which is interesting because, you know, Knott's Berry Farm, local corn mazes. I feel like there's a trend here, something about farms with you. Totally. And local, <laughs> and like anything that's local, themed, sign me up. We are so happy to have you back, Brian. Thank you for being our first repeat guest on your absolute favorite podcast. <laughs> the number one. <laughs> okay, so just so everybody knows, there's some context here. So the three of us had a text chain that we started pretty much of the early part of the pandemic, um, basically just updating each other about what we had heard about what was happening in the theme parks. And essentially, since then, Brian has become theme parkette adjacent. We actually have to, we have to give him a better name than that. I know. The name. Theme parkette. Uh, theme parker? Theme um, parker? Parkour? Associate member? Associate <laughs> member of the theme parkette? Okay, but regardless, we've totally like wrapped him up in our crazy world. But because of that, then we get to talk about today's subject. And so today Yay. we are talking about, fun fact, thing, something I didn't know, America's first theme park. They just celebrated their 101st anniversary. So we are discussing, as Brian already told you, Knott's Berry Farm. Yay! Uh, which many people had asked when we were going to cover it. And like, full disclosure, <laughs> the truth is we both really didn't know anything about it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that like... The first time Jess brought it up to me, I was like, oh, the place with the fried chicken <laughs> and the boys right. the pie. Yeah. That was like all I thought about. But over the past year and a half, that has totally changed. And not only has it changed, but I'm pretty sure Jessica's like obsessed with Knott's Berry Farm <laughs> at this point. And Brian might be too. I mean, I don't want to like make assumptions, but I feel like you guys are both pretty Knott's Berry Farm obsessed. Officially obsessed. Officially I think obsessed. The, that everybody listening will figure that out for themselves <laughs> by the end of this. Yes, probably. All right. So, Jessica, tell us about uh, your initial visit to Knott's Berry Farm, like the first time you went. Yeah, the first time I went was I won tickets off the radio to go to Knott's Scary Farm. This was like 10 years ago. Shout out to 104.3 MyFM, <laughs> who got us tickets and an overnight stay at the Knott's Berry Farm Hotel and breakfast at Amber Waves, which is the name of the <laughs> restaurant in the Knott's Berry Farm Hotel, which I just think is the most... I, that name cracks me Amber up every time waves. I see it. Amber waves. Like, I, now come to the stage. <laughs> Amber sure. waves. Mean, yeah, okay. That was not where my brain went, but now That was is. where my brain has but... always gone. But anyway, it was a great, yes, very Americana-themed <laughs> dinner, which is a, what I'm sure that they were going for. <laughs> but then, uh, in 
2020 uh, in June, to may, be specific. May, may, I, may I interrupt here? I, I, I hate to say that I'm uh, looking doing research as we're talking, but I believe you think of this as being an exotic dancer because <laughs> this is the name of Julianne Moore's character in Boogie Nights. Is, is that what Waves, it is? Oh, Florida. my God. Well, there you go. Okay, well, now it makes sense. Because it sounded familiar to me as well. And, I, you know, these are two things I love. I love themed restaurants and boogie nights. So <laughs> I was wondering where that second thing was going to be. I wonder if Paul Thomas Anderson is a Knott's Berry Farm fan. We have to find 100%. out. 100%. Has to be. Yeah. <laughs> starting, we are starting this rumor. Hot, hot take. Hot take. Paul Thomas Anderson is a Knott's Berry Farm season pass holder. <laughs> so, yeah. So, thank you, Brian, for that. That was great. Uh, so, yeah, in June 2020, as we all know, theme parks were shut down and there were some theme parks trying to figure out. And I think we did a whole episode on this on like, should you be going to theme parks now? Like, what's going on? And I had mentioned that I was excited because Knott's Berry Farm had opened uh, Grand Ave and you could go to the California Marketplace, which is basically not Ber- Knott's Berry Farm's version of da- like downtown Disney. And they have uh, the- there's like a street there and they had um picnic tables set up on Grand Ave, which was like a big deal for people who had been coming there their whole lives. Like, oh, you get to sit and like eat on Grand Avenues. There's no cars coming through or whatever. And the stores were open and the chicken restaurant was open. You can get boysenberry pie. And so I went and I bought myself a cute little parasol and I took pictures and uh, had some food and tried some of the snacks and like went in the shops. It was like one of the only like It was very safe and clean and outdoors the whole time. And I was, you know, I took pictures and went to the shop and I was like, wow, this is like cute. Because of course, going to Not Scary Farm, you don't really get to see, they do a really good job of making that place seem like completely different. It's dark and it's scary. And, uh, you know, it's the haunted mazes and they open up all these like kind of backlot parts of the park. So to me, I don't really feel like I got to see Knott's Berry Farm when I was there 10 years ago for Knott's Scary Farm. So I didn't really have an opinion, except that I was like, oh, that these coasters look nice. And you know what I mean? But I was like there for the haunted mazes and I think, and the, and the drinks. And then we went back to the hotel. You know, I just, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, I need to go do this. But during right. California Marketplace, I also happened to be there. I've been there on a couple momentous nights now that I'm thinking about it. I also happened to be there on the day that they were replacing the big K, like the Knott's K that uh, is on like a big pole in the middle of the park that is like this landmark for Knott's Berry Farm. And it was a big deal that they had like redone it for the 100th anniversary. And I happened to be there on that exact day. And so I just started getting sort of like intrigued, like, you know, maybe I need to go like check out this park a little more. And then in November 2020, again, in an effort to make some money, I'm sure, try to do what they could to stay open and keep their employees employed, Knott's Berry Farm sort of half opened. They didn't have any of, you couldn't go on any of the rides, none of them. You couldn't go on any of the rides, you couldn't play any of the games. They basically just like opened the park up and put some like street festival tables around the park and they called it taste of merry farm so every year knott's berry farm does knott's merry farm and so this was taste of merry farm and you buy a pass which i found it was like how they were able to do this they treated it like no 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 this is a festival and so you go and you get the pass and you're able to walk around the park and go to these different locations and get little treats and they had vegan and gluten-free stuff so i was in heaven and i was like 
wow, this park is, again, no, like, characters are out. It was, like, a kind of a little bit, I'd call it a ghost town, but that's actually a thing. <laughs> like, it was very, like, kind of eerie that none of the sounds were playing, the roller coasters weren't running, so it was a very, like, quiet park, but the food was great, and I had a good time, and I was like, as soon as this park opens, I want to go back. And I started talking to Brian about it, and I was like, would you be interested in going to Knott's with me? And... Then, you know, Brian, for you, what what's your background before we get to, like, our first trip to Nantes? Well, I mean, at this point, you were, you know, it was very deep into the pandemic, and you were like, what about this theme park? And I'm like, how high? Let's go. What are we doing? You know? <laughs> mm -hmm. So bored. I was very, yeah. And I think when things started, you know, opening a little bit, this seemed like um, the right place to go. Like, it seemed like it was not, like, the first day Disneyland opened up here, there was, you know, huge lines outside, and everybody yeah. was a little nervous about how it was going to work there. Um, so this felt like sort of a safe place to like dip your toe. And then if you, the, the annual passes are very inexpensive and we can, you know, I'm sure talk about that for quite a while. So it seemed like, you know, we can go and if we don't, if we're not having a good time or it's a little crowded, we could leave and come back. And that certainly wasn't our experience. You know, we went and uh, for me, that was my very first time I've lived in Southern California 15 years and I had never been because you know, why do you think that is? I think it's because if you know you're looking for like themed entertainment, Universal and Disney are great, and you have a day off and some time and money, then they, those seem like no brainers. And if you're looking for you know roller coasters or thrill rides, then it's Six Flags. And I wasn't sure where to like Knotts fit in that you know within that yeah. space. And I think I I think Knotts maybe doesn't do a great job of really hitting either one in their marketing. You know I I think that. That's not good that they that they couldn't. Yeah, have you ever seen a Knotts commercial? I don't think I've ever seen a Knotts Berry Farm commercial. I think I'm seeing them more now because I'm Googling Knotts and so it's like it's coming <laughs> it's in. A it, they found me in the algorithms, you know. Um, so I'm yeah, seeing like, ads, you know, yes, ads, yes, but yeah, like commercials, yeah. like television commercials, local. Right. I don't it, think I have. Yeah, and not just that. It's like what it's still to this day. Like, what are they? Are they you know charming Americana theme park? Are they? You know this the snoopy you know the little snoopy area is very cool and themed and then obviously they're like pushing the you know thrill ride stuff but it's they're small thrill rides so i think they they really have a tough time branding maybe and what i really learned and think i understand now is that like it is the southern california local theme park it, it's like the way the northeast theme parks are like oh dorney park like that's your local park and you travel to go to disney on a big family vacation I think the majority of the people that are not are locals. I think it's people that live in Southern California and grown, have grown up here. I think it's like their, their local park. Yeah. I mean, when I lived in L.A., I, def, I don't remember ever seeing ads for Knott's Berry. Like, and when people would come to visit or they would you know, say, like, oh, I want to come to Los Angeles. I want to go to Disneyland. I want to go to Europe. Like, it was just never a thing that I feel like yeah. was in anybody's collective yeah. process and yet this place has existed for a hundred years so like right. they must be doing something right so i'm curious like just for you as well yeah i guess for both of you but just for you as somebody who had been once and then started going and grew up in new england where, you know, we've talked about our like local theme parks do you get that vibe like how does it feel to you when you're there i'm gonna say something really big right here uh oh i love disneyland park for me, it's Disneyland Park and everything else. You know, Epcot is a close second. This park to me does everything that I need. <laughs> if which I is, were to, which is, here it is. <laughs> okay. If I were to design a theme park, 
I would say, so I could design it from scratch, I would say I want it to have the magic of Disneyland, but I want it to have some really good thrill rides because I love roller coasters and I love going on uh, dark rides. I love character interactions. I love, there's, uh, I like a clean park. I like a park with a bunch of different food options. I like a big park that I feel like I didn't see the whole thing in one day and I need a few days to come back. I like special events in parks. I, I love a good theme and all different themed lands. And this park has it all. I sound like an advertisement now. <laughs> they should hire me. I love this park. Once Brian and I were vaccinated, once we had heard from multiple people about how they were handling masks and cleanliness and everything in the park and limiting people going in. At first, they were doing reservations. They have since stopped doing reservations, but they were doing this. We made our reservations. We looked at ticket prices and were shocked. This was number one. We were shocked at the prices. It is so affordable to go to this incredible park. What are we talking about in terms of pricing? We're talking my season pass is $119. That is the, when I say season, I mean annual pass. And you could put money down and pay it by the month. So my monthly payment was like seven bucks a month. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. I mean, it was like, at a certain what? point, it was like, well, this is ridiculous not to get the annual pass. And then what was great is then they have a middle pass that also includes their adjacent water park. Not adjacent. It's like across the street, uh, not Soak City. Wait, they have a is, water park? Yes, it's right there next to the parking lot. Like you can walk across the, the Grand Ave and there's the water park and it's right there next to their event center, their outdoor event center, which also <laughs> I didn't know that they had. So so that was number one. I was like, well, I'm getting, I've not been really to the park, but I feel like I should just get an annual pass and just, you know, for the price that I'm going to spend on a ticket because tickets were what, like $45, $50. So I was like, well, if I go twice, this ticket yeah. pays for itself. Brian got the highest pass, which is like what, Brian, $200? Or $18 a month. Or $18 a month. This is what we're talking about. Like, this is unbelievable this for is what this park is compared wild. to Disney. And right? Ashley, Ashley, would you like uh, to know what the blackout date situation is? Yes, I would, now, actually. Now, we are living in a world where, you know, we know in Disneyland, we know that Disney World was sold out over Thanksgiving week, you know, this past year. Uh, we know that uh, Disneyland, like all of December, is sold out for Magic Key holders, or you have to keep refreshing and hope that you get a ticket. Knott's Berry Farm is unlimited, except there are blackout dates over the holidays from December 18th to the 31st. But if you would like to go, you just show up and pay $15 and they'll let you in. Wait. So it's not even like a real blackout. Yeah. They're just they're just saying like it's like an upsell. It's just, yeah, exactly. Just a little extra. $14.99 get you back in. I'm, I, how does this park stay profitable <laughs> i know because, yeah the platinum pass includes parking and and soak city as well right and so brian's pass which is the high there's three passes the pass that i have which is the one that i just initially bought and i may upgrade very soon the middle one which includes soak city and then brian's pass which includes california's great adventure which is like up north in california carowinds that's near you ashley in north carolina mm -hmm. cedar point in ohio dorney park king's dominion which we've talked about King's Island, Valley Fair, and Worlds of Fun. Oh, wow. That's a gosh, that's a lot of theme parks. Yeah, for $202. That's and it wild. includes park and it includes parking for all those parks too. Uh, do you get any other discounts? And then yeah, also you get uh discounts on food and merchandise. 
20 and discounts on 20 percent. 20 brian's is 20 i think mine is 10 15 <laughs> percent off hotel stays it is to, to, to be determined what the discount is at amber waves no word on that <laughs> <laughs> i okay i right um I'm struggling. And we haven't even walked into the park yet. No, we haven't. And I'm okay. They, so they have um, add-ons to your pass too. I should mention. Like you what? can get all-season dining for I think the most expensive plan is like one forty-nine, or you can just like for the day. You're like, you know what? I want my dining prepaid for the day. Thirty-one dollars. Oh, okay. Hold, wait, 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 wait. Okay, I'm sorry. All season... These prices might change. Your your mileage may vary. What does that yeah. mean? You get two meals per visit to the park. You get one select entree and one side every 90 minutes during park every operating hours. Every 90 minutes? Drinks are not included. Yeah. <laughs> so these are, this is what we're talking about. These are, these are like Brian is saying, these are like local theme park prices. They also have, and, and instead it's like a full on amazing, wonderful place to go. They also have, I should add, on. Uh, they have uh, their fast lane add-ons. You can add on fast lane for the entire year, or you can add it on to just your day. So there are like nice little things that, you know, they kind of upcharge for. You can pay for your locker rentals ahead of time for the whole year if you know you're always going to want a locker. Like just nice things like that that are on. So already I was impressed by the prices. Then uh, we met up and we drove. We didn't really know what to expect. I remember walking in and we like didn't really use a map. We just sort of was like, oh, hey, there's the silver bullet right in front of us. Let's go on that. This is a great hanging roller coaster. World class roller coaster was really fun. I think someone in line told us that we should do it. And then the next thing we did was the Calico Mine Ride. And our minds were blown. And I think that's when we started really talking about like, uh, hey, this is a great park. Like, what's the history behind this park? Well, like, not just that. It really, I think, started opening up our conversation, which is, I think, important as to like what came first, the chicken or the yeah. egg. You know, because this right. ride was is very old. And, you know, as you start looking into it a little more, I think we were on our phones. It is considered to be the first dark ride. And it's like, oh, um, what? When? Where? Who? How? Why? And this opened up Pandora's box into the Walt and Walt conversation. So I had just finished watching the Imagineering story, as I think we all did during the pandemic. And, you know, it does not mention Knott's Berry Farm at all. Well, but what's interesting, why would it? Exactly right. Except that Knott's is part of the story. Knott's is definitely part of Walt Disney's story. So in 1920, just quick, a lot of people listening probably already know this. And I know, Ashley, you know most of this too. But in 1920, that's when the Knott's family like arrived in Buena Park and they started farming and they created Knott's Berry Place. Okay. And so then in 1930, you know, they were farming or whatever. And farming and whatever <laughs> you know and it was going, whatever, whatever. Whatever it was, before theme parks it was going well but what really made Knott's Berry Place take off is that in 1932 Rudolph Boisen uh gave Walter Knott the last of his boysenberry plants and as a thank you well last of his plants these like berry plants that he could make that were really huge and so not Knott's Walter Knott named it the Boysenberry. Also, can we talk like how weird it is that Walter Knott is Walt also? Like, that's just weird. <laughs> so you guys remember when we were in like elementary school and you read all of the like American folklore, like, you know, uh, like 
Paul Bunyan and like all of those stories that like are probably not real, but like you, this this is what this feels like to me. Yeah, but this it's feels real. like an, this is so real like and the history behind this park. The history, and you know, one of the things I love the most about Disneyland is feeling the history of the place, like the magic and the history of the place. This park has even more history, arguably. I mean, so then, so they get this berry, it kind of takes off, everybody wants it, and is coming from all over to like buy this jelly and buy these berries from the Knotts family. And Cordelia, his wife, finally, two years later, is like, you know what, I'm going to try to make people stick around. I'm, I'm really good at, at cooking. I'm gonna make this chicken dinner. And so she starts serving chicken dinners for 65 cents each. Word gets out. So meanwhile, just to give you like an idea of where we are in history, right then in 19, like right in like six years later, Disney Studios opened in Burbank. Okay, so like that's where we're at so far. So she's serving chicken dinners. <laughs> they are making so many chicken dinners for people who are driving in from all over to get her food, that they don't have enough seating and they can't really make more just yet. So they're doing the best that they can, but then they make more you know, tables and more people come. And so they start thinking, okay, we need to do something to like entertain people while they're waiting for their chicken dinner. So Walter Knott being someone who loves uh, history and loves, uh, like Western history in particular, starts in like going and like collecting things and bringing them. And he also like made this fake volcano. This is all very well documented online. You should totally check this out. But like, so he starts buying all of this stuff. And then in 1940 opens a ghost town. I mean, this is like, well, like when I say like he started with one thing and people would go and like hear that and then more people are going, not just to get the chicken dinner and the boysenberries, but also to like check out this volcano that he made and this covered wagon that he found in Arizona, like all this weird, this old mill like that he found and coming to like see those things. Then he's like, oh, hey, something to entertain the kids. Let's make a ghost town, which is almost like it looks very if you look at pictures from the 1940s it still looks the same as it does oh, like so similar to what it does today in 1947 they renamed it Knott's Berry Farm okay so it was Knott's Berry Place then they named it Mar Knott's Berry Farm and then again just to give you context in 1952 Knott's opened it, its first ride the ghost town and Calico Railway and that's like when like Disney still was like putting in the plans to design Disneyland and he would come to Knott's Berry Farm and he got on the rides. <laughs> this is before yeah. now, he's still trying to make Disneyland in Burbank. He's doing market research, man. Right. And he's there and and Walter Knott talks to him and realizes <laughs> like this guy has money and and he's going to make a park here in Anaheim. In 1954, he's like, guess what? We're making a park in Anaheim. And and Knott's, instead of being like, don't come in my park, don't look around, don't talk to my people, is like, come on in. Look oh, around. Take all Walter. the pictures you want. No, but like in a, I, in, I guess in a good way. And, yeah. and it turns out, ready for this? This is a cool little history thing I found out. Mr. and Mrs. Knott were there on the opening day of Disneyland. Aww. Walt Disney invited them, which he should have. Yeah. <laughs> because like... he straight up copied Frontierland. <laughs> like... <laughs> Frontierland straight up is Ghost Town. Like you look at Ghost Town, you're like, wow, Frontierland stole this. Frontierland stole this. <laughs> I mean, the and like the train that he has going through Knott's Berry Farm, 
And you're like, oh, Disney had a train around his park. Yeah, he was not the first person to put a train in his park. I think part of the reason that this, like, isn't more well-known is because, like, there wasn't, like, a real competition. Like, it was a friendly competition. There was never, yeah. like, if they had really, like, disliked each other, this would have been a movie a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even when Disneyland opened, like, Walter Knott was like, cool, more people in Anaheim, more people coming to eat my chicken. Great. Yeah. Like, they were right. just happy with it. Like, they enjoyed the friendly competition of it. They didn't poach employees then. They do now, which is also yeah. interesting. But, like, I, <laughs> you I think... You didn't got there yet, Brian. Well, Bud Hurlbut created the Calico Mine Ride. Crea- I'm sorry. Created it. First of all, yes. Let's talk about the name Hurlbut for a while. Go ahead, Ashley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. His name is Bud Hurlbut, and do not make fun of him. He I'm is not. a creative genius. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so so not only did he create the Calico Mine Ride, he self-financed it. Like, he was friends with Walter Knott, but he was like, I want to build this mine ride. And Walter Knott was like, I don't know. The train's fine. People like the chicken. And he was like, <laughs> let me finance this. It was a million dollars. He put a million dollars of his own money into it because he felt so he was so passionate about building it. And he was friends with Walt Disney, and he would, like, talk to him about it. And they would, they would consult with each other, just, you know, friendly. And like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Slag my slag tights. It'll be great. It's absolutely incredible. It's seven stories high. Yeah. What? So, yeah. So, Disneyland, as we know, opened in 1955. The the Calico Mine Ride opened in 1960. I want to make sure that's clear. In 1952, they opened the Ghost Town and Calico Railway, which was the train. Oh, that's right. But then yeah. in 1960, okay. the, there, there's a lot of Calico in this park. It's very yeah. confusing. In fact, there was also the Calico flume which they finally renamed to timber mountain log ride like but it was like the what was it called it was the calico log ride <laughs> everything the, was calico it should just be calico farms i don't know why <laughs> it's just fun to say but yeah but in 1960 the calico mine ride opened so five years after disneyland opened so like when and so like the tiki room for example opened in 1963 with audio animatronics right right Okay. So the, just like to give you an idea that the Calico Mine Ride had been around for three years. So, but also Walt Disney went on the Calico Mine Ride and that was the first time that he'd ever seen a switchback, like a mouse maze, as we oh. sometimes call them. And he turned to Knott and was like, I'm going to put that in my park. I thought the line was only from here to here. And now you, you know, but you had us wait, weaving all around. And now we, we like think of that and we think of Disneyland. We think of Disney being the one to have created the switchback, it was definitely not. Not like, just a theme back, not just a switchback, but like literally the idea of a themed queue, like something and, to do right. and look at and enjoy while you're waiting for the ride. That was 100 mm-hmm. percent not. But what really blew my mind in that first visit with Brian was like, hey, this stuff was around, <laughs> and <laughs> and Walt Disney used to come here, and Frontierland was created after Ghost Town. And, you know, Splash Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain was created after the Calico mine ride. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Nowhere have I ever heard that that Walt was inspired by anyone or any other park. You know what I mean? I've heard he was inspired by Marceline and by sitting at the carousel at Griffith Park. But I didn't hear that there was another park in the same damn town. You know what I mean? Like, that just kind of... And no disrespect to Walt at all. I love Walt, but I'm a little bit like, wow, he's not the only theme park genius that ever existed. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there, look, there's, I, I mean, I have so many, <laughs> I have so many thoughts <laughs> on all of this. I mean, like one, I have like this hot take that literally the 
Big Timber Log Flume is so good, Ashley. It was built in 1969. My mind was it's called blown. Timber Mountain Log. Flume. What's it called? <laughs> Timber Mountain Log Ride. Timber Mountain. Listen, it's all it's the Calico Log Flume. Okay. <laughs> no. I mean, listen, all of these things are poorly named. Okay. So, like, in that regard, I will. You know, Disney gets all the credit in the world. I mean, there's so yeah, nothing like you know rolls off the tongue. Splash Mountain's a wonderfully perfect name for yeah. a ride. You know, <laughs> so Space what you're Mountain, saying is Michael Eisner also went to Knott's Berry Farm. So. so <laughs> well, in a way, but I mean, Tony Baxter built Splash Mountain, and again, like this is another. Isn't that crazy? Like he he was so influenced, right? Splash Mountain and Big Thunder, both Tony Baxter, both strong knots influences. And mm-hmm. I think Big Thunder or uh, Splash Mountain didn't um, wasn't built to 1989. Part of me feels like, and Disneyland had no log flume ride or anything like it. And part of me feels like they were like, well, you know, people go to Knott's Berry Farm for the log flume there. It's kind of hard to compete with that. I honestly feel that way. It could be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean that, a lot of par- almost every park has some sort of log f- ride. I guess if I'm playing devil's advocate, but they're all not shaped like mountains. Yeah. <laughs> to, to your point about like how Disney has perfected it, they have perfected it, but like in a way that's almost like too polished now, in my opinion, mm. compared to what you see when you go to Knott's. So like if you're at Knott's, they're just, they can pull off things that Disney just can't really do anymore that I think Disney would want to be able to do. Right, like the amount of live music, the amount of shows oh. and entertainment that they have, and like literally just a lot of horses. You know, Disney has like <laughs> one or two horses pulling a cart around for ambiance and photos, but like there are, you can get. There's a line you wait in a, you know, that ride I think is a precursor to the rainbow uh, carriage ride in Disneyland. Which ride? The um, is it called Butterfield Stagecoach? Oh, I love that you, Ashley. You can ride in an actual stagecoach. Mm. And there are stables where you can actually go pet horses. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one last like sort of weird stat that I'm not even sure if Jessica knows this. So Jessica knows the bottle house. There's a bottle house that is a very mm-hmm. old building that's largely constructed of old bottles <laughs> in Knott's okay. Farm. But that bottle house and like there was a music hall attached to it. Before 1963, it featured a show that had a, a collection of uh, of bird cages filled with automated whistling birds. <laughs> This is true. Bef- before nineteen sixty three, and I say before nineteen sixty three because that is when the that's when Tiki Room opened. Yeah. That's crazy. It, that that's is, crazy. Yes, it, that is crazy. It's just it's not only crazy. It's just crazy that you just don't know this, right? That we don't right. know it. Yeah. Like it doesn't bother me. Like of course, but it but the story that is being told to us on Disney Plus, right? <laughs> is, By Disney marketing. You know what? Walt was sitting there and he's like, "Wouldn't it be great if there were birds?" And they're like, "Oh, we don't want real birds, so we'll design some animatronic birds." And right. that's how we came up with the Tiki Room. It's like. Yeah, you're missing you? the element where you saw that other place that had the audio animatronic birds, like, but or whatever, I, the robotic birds. I mean, that's why I think, like, the, you know, Mickey Mouse and then, like, having, you know, the wonderful world of Disney, like, that not just the perfectioning piece, but also the fact that he had the media space, like, that's how, you know, he was in everybody's living room every Sunday for mm-hmm. however he long had the it money. Was, right? Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. well, and depending on which episode, you know, what you watch and what you listen to, he really didn't. He just, anyway. But all that being said is like, that's that seems to be the thing that shifted the focus towards Disneyland where people are like, Disney did this thing. And Walter Knott was probably like, okay, yeah, but like I did that like three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> 
There were also some like other interesting little like historical things of note, like as a Disney fan, uh, that Bob Gurr created a ride at Knott's Berry Farm called Kingdom of the Dinosaurs. Uh, it is now defunct, but it was loved for a while. In 2011, the president and CEO of Cedar Fair stepped away make uh, from the company, making way for a new leader, the former Disneyland president, Matt Wiemet, right? And uh, so that was in 2011. And uh, Knott's Berry Tales, which was there, it was a dark ride. Uh, that was, uh, I don't know, like it was be like love-hated, like people loved that ride, but then it got like really old and decrepit. And then like they made a haunted house out of it for a little while and then it became other things. And then uh, it just recently for the 100th anniversary reopened. Um, but that original one was created by Raleigh Crump. Wow. So how about that? So if you know your Disney Imagineers, you know who Raleigh Crump is. And what's fascinating is that um, his son, Chris Crump, who is also an, uh, an Imagineer for Disney, um, he like helped make Knott's Berry Tales. Like he helped like design, redesign it and like consulted it, consulted on the attraction, I guess I should say, to make sure that his father's legacy was like still being carried through with the new with the new ride, which by the way, is an incredible, incredible new ride. It's like, if you love web slingers and you love Toy Story Mania, I mean, this is like that. It's fun, it's high tech, it's a game, uh, it's super cute. And it has a lot of nostalgia if you used to go to Knott's. So I think that that's where my brain goes. Like when I'm thinking about Knott's, I'm not thinking like high tech, I'm not thinking you know, these, like, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking about my local theme park where, you know, they put in a new ride every 10 years and like, there's nothing high tech about it. <laughs> it's just like these old standards. And like in my brain, that's what I, that's what I'm picturing knots to be is, but it sounds like I am very wrong. Well, and I, it's, it's interesting. Like why, I wonder why that is. Is it because they're not advertising enough? Is that, I mean, you know, maybe this 2011 having the Disney president come in, maybe he came in and cleaned it up. Like I actually don't know. Cause I didn't go back then, but I just wonder if people had like an attitude about it. Like it was just like magic mountain South. And it was just like written off as a, like a, an amusement park. And now it's, it's a theme park. And it's a it's a well done theme park. I think it's just I think the reason Ashley doesn't know these things or know about it it's not I don't think it's a lack of advertising. I think it's I think it's really difficult branding. It, I think Knotts does it poorly, yeah. and I think it's but it's also difficult to do because there's so many things there. There are things in there. There are train cars that like are original that are hundreds of years old. The train that is actually operating around the park is a fully operational, full-size steamed engine train that That's is awesome. like, uh, it, it's, so it's incredible. Awesome. And it's not like, the things there are just legitimately original, which Disneyland, everything there was built for Disneyland. And so like they, they incorporated all these things. They just, it grew organically. It wasn't just a guy who was like, I would like to build a theme park and then broke ground on a theme park. It grew from a farm to a chicken restaurant to a ghost town, to for place people, a uh, place for people to hang out while they're waiting for their chicken, and just grew and grew and grew. No, I mean, I think that's the you know the crux of what I'm trying to say is that it's like it it just because it grew so much in so many different ways, it is it's just hard to kind of like lock it down for what it is. But Jessica's right; it's completely a theme park. It's not an amusement park. It's definitely, um, it, it's very like authentic. It is very like 
I mean, it's adorable. I think we said the word adorable a bunch. We kept saying this park is so cute. I think two hours in, to go back to our initial, <laughs> like, going there, was two hours. So we'd gone on Silver Bullet and the Calico Mine Ride. Then we start pulling out our phones and doing research and being like, huh. And then we're looking around and, like, looking at reading all of the different things about, like, the Wells Fargo rag. And we come across the graveyard that's there. We come across Wait, what? a... Yeah, listen, I almost don't want to spoil this for you. Like, you need to just come and see this park. <laughs> like, we start, like, l- like reading some of the plaques on the wall about what Hangman's Tree is. And uh, then following the, um, what are they, all the sand, what are they, like, the sand, you know what I'm saying? The, um, the mission, the trail of, like, all mm-hmm. the different missions. They have, like, little scale models of all of the different, like, the San Fernando mission. Like, dioramas. And like with the, like the birdcage theater that's there is authentic. Everybody talks about the fact that Steve Martin worked at the magic store on Main Street in Disneyland. And nobody talks about the fact that he did shows and actually performed shows at the birdcage theater at Knott's Berry Farm. You know who else does shows at Knott's Berry Farm? My favorite former Disneyland performers, which I know you guys have seen multiple times yeah. now. <laughs> Crazy, crazy Kirk. Kirk. Crazy Kirk. And Hillbillies. So Crazy Kirk, when you see him live there, he will not shy away from the fa- saying the fact that he used to you know, work at Disneyland and no longer does. And Jessica and I found quite a few, not only performers that have been and employees just through research that have like gone over to Knott's Berry Farm, quite a few. But we coined a phrase on our first trip there, Disney expats. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So there, yeah. there we, we chatted it up with a few people and like there are tons of people there that are kind of like they're like disney's very expensive now they're not like they're maybe a little bit older maybe not so hip to like the app stuff that you have to kind of be in tune with now to go to disney they just kind of want to be able to walk into a park any day they want without making a reservation and just have some interesting food and listen to some great live music maybe go on a ride or two and not be like stressed out about like whether or not they can get on a particular ride called Rise of Resistance, right? Like they're <laughs> right. they're just they just want to kind of like be mellow and enjoy the day, and and they talk about it in the sense of like they're like we used to go to Disney all the time, now we go to Knotts all the time. And I love to hear that the Disney Imagineers like Tony Baxter love talking about for fun how they'd plus up Knotts, like what they would do because they love this park so much. And it's it's interesting, and I wonder if it's that's like a newer thing. I mean, we need to talk to people who've been going to Knott's for years, and we've talked to some of them like in the park, like Brian was saying. We've met a few people, and been like, "How long have you been coming here?" Like, "Oh, this park is so great," and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's so amazing. We love it here." It seems like a like a really well kept secret that shouldn't yeah. be a secret. Uh, it's we had such a good time that first time. Two hours in, I was like, "I am in love." With this park, I'm I'm in. I feel like I have like a crush on it. <laughs> I'm like in a, like a relationship with this park. Uh, we looked. I mean, when you talk about thrill rides, like accelerator that they have, and of course I made a TikTok about that, which Brian helped me with. Thank you, Brian. And just like all these fun other rides that are like not super scary, but like fun coasters, like Coast Rider and Pony Express. Uh, you know, obviously Boysenberries are. <laughs> everywhere you can't get away everything is boysenberry everything there's boysenberry beer boysenberry wine but they had also (laughs) like margaritas but they also have like a really great gluten-free vegan pizza yeah that you like don't have to special order like nope it's just right there yep grab it no no worries like wow okay i mean i just i don't know why nobody i 
I don't understand why nobody is talking about this park. <laughs> so I think I think Brian kind of like hit it a little bit on the branding piece because I was thinking about why this like what it is about this park, right? Because like I don't have I have the pictures that you guys send and then you like talk about it, but I don't have a sense of like what this park is necessarily. <laughs> and right. I and I do think that part of it, and maybe this is just my brain, but like I do think that not berry farm like the berry farm piece kind of throws you off well it doesn't help like that doesn't help me that makes me Mm. think of like a farm like an actual farm like it's not a sure uh, not that disneyland isn't a good indicator either but i feel like that's that's a hard thing like when you think about disneyland you think about like the castle when i think Mm -hmm. about knots like is there a thing that is like a you know that's yeah. the I, I think the thing you, you know, take a picture I, in front of or whatever. I have sort Not of a, really. I have sort of a newer thought on this, right? So like, what is what? What's your Massachusetts theme park that you guys? Canopy Lake Park. And right? I just looked online. It is one hundred and thirty nine dollars for a season pass there, which they're not open year round. Excellent deal. Or two hundred dollars <laughs> if you want the like free parking and a bunch of other stuff with it. But again, they're only open from like April yeah. to yeah, that is maybe interesting. November. Anyway, so I think I just I think kind of what's hitting for me as you're you know discussing this and like how or why we don't know about these things. I think it is it does have that local theme park vibe, right? And I think it probably is pretty similar to places like Canopy Lake and like Dorney Park in Pennsylvania, Hershey Park maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think the big difference is, and so it's like it's hard to know all those places. And this is just like the Southern California version of that. But I think it's the Walt and Walt part of it. I think it's mm-hmm. the fact that it's over 100 years old, which a lot of these parks are not. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the fact that, like, the authenticity that they were like, I want this actual steam train engine. So when you're, like, trying to compare Dorney Park to Knott's Bay Farm, like, it's kind of a tough selling point to be like, we have a, a steam engine here that's 80 years old. It's like, that's not, like, a big selling point. But, yeah. right, well, but when you're there, you feel it. And you feel yeah. the original old school dark rides. And you feel the most incredible log form that existed in 1969 right like you're those are things Brian that are, loves this log i mean it's incredible it. it's absolutely incredible is it the best log flume you've ever been on the fact that it was built in 1969 that really like tips it forward a little bit i mean the animatronics in there little dated little yeah. dated yeah. <laughs> but you're still i was saying but you're still not answering the question look the, Oh, <laughs> I would say Ooh. I would say that since my other uh, favorite log flume is in a transitional period, we'll, we'll say that this one, much like when Joe Biden goes for a colonoscopy, this now is currently my favorite log flume. Wow. 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 Oh, my God. It's holding the place until the current log flume comes up from anesthesia. So what you're saying. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you comparing? OK, you're comparing. What I want, you know, I, well, a, a point that I think is interesting because I'm going to get away from colonoscopy talk is that this park didn't really have a lot of thrill rides until the sale to Cedar Fair, which didn't happen until 1997. We have a lot to talk okay? about. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> so in 1997, the sale to Cedar Fair happened and they were like, yeah, this park doesn't really. And everybody was like, why is Cedar Fair buying Knott's Berry Farm? They have like, you know, they're like a little, they're trains and ghost town. 
because that's what the knots were doing. Because originally, remember, if all of this was built to just keep you around and keep you occupied while you were waiting two hours for your chicken dinner, you know, it was stuff to keep you occupied in there and it was family and it was fun and it was cute. And so then they, but then they kept adding and kept adding and, and making this, but they didn't add coasters until the sale to Cedar Fair. And so after Cedar Fair came along, they were like, yeah, we've never, I think they actually put out a statement that like, yeah, we don't normally buy parks that don't have thrill rides, but we love this park. And then right away, like 1998, they added Ghost Rider, <laughs> which is like this amazing wooden coaster, Ashley. It's so long. It's fantastic. It always has the longest waits. And that's a ride that was added. Well, it's been updated, but it, that was a ride that was added in 1998. And then the su Supreme Scream drop tower in 99 uh there was a there was a different splashdown boat ride that is no longer there uh and then accelerator the launch coaster that we were just talking about in 2002 and the silver bullet inverted coaster in 2004 you know what i mean so they like boom 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 added a bunch of coasters to it and then in 2011 disneyland former president coming back you know what i mean i think there's just like that's why it has sort of like all these different elements to it you know what I mean? Because it's like Cedar Fair wanted it to be a coaster park. And I'm sure Disney's president, I don't want to speak for him, but I think that he was like, let's get back to the roots of it being like family fun. And, you know, it's timeless and it's part of history. And you, I, I even have a quote from him that's like, you have to respect its legacy, you know? And so that's what he really wanted to bring out, I guess. I think what's, yeah, I think, you know, you're making me think about like what, how, like the theming, right? And it's all over, all over the place. And you can say the same thing about Disney, right? You're like, well, there's a frontier land and an adventure land. And is that really so different? And like, there's Tomorrowland way on the other side. I think them all calling be all being called lands. And I think being in a spoke and I think like the smooth transitions in between, I think helps it. I think like this being so disjointed where you're like, here's this ghost town. And then, like, there's the boardwalk area. And when you're in the boardwalk area, it's great. And you're in the Fiesta area, it's great. But there's not really a lot of – it's not very congruous, like, how you get from place to place. But, like, when you're in it, it it's pretty neat and it's pretty special. I think, like, the Cedar Fair purchase not only just completely changed it and kind of added to its charm in its own little way, I find it, like, fascinating. So the Knotts family – that was right after Walter – as soon as Walter Knott passed. He passed in 97. And they were like, all right, like – who, which is also crazy. He lived into his 90s. So, like, was just side-by-side side with Walt, but crazy to think that he was alive in the 90s. And his wife was still, like, showing up and serving chicken dinners and making Knott's Berry pie. What's crazy is, like, the family didn't want to sell to Disney. Disney wanted to buy the park. This was when Disney was expanding, right? Obviously in the 90s. The Disney Americana or Disney's America Park, which they had been looking to do in a few different places... They were happy to do it here. They wanted to buy Knott's. They wanted to turn it into that. It was already halfway there. And the Knott's family didn't want to sell to Disney because they were afraid that Disney was going to not respect what the park was and change it too much. And I think, ironically, by selling it to Cedar Fair, Cedar Fair changed it way more than Disney, I think, ever would have. So it, it, it's kind of wild <laughs> like how it happened, but like it just sort of adds to the charm of it now because, yeah, I mean, like it's all over the place. Um, but like, I love it. But Ashley, there's, there was a moment that Brian and I went to the Calico Saloon. Oh my God. How many, have, okay. How many Calico things? Calico. I don't know. Have you had the Calico cotton candy there? We walked in the swinging doors <laughs> to this two level saloon. I think you posted a picture of me on Instagram from the top level of the saloon. 
And this had to be just like the moment that just like sealed it for me. We walk in and there are these like vaudeville singers and a can-can girl and a ragtime piano guy. I'm probably getting all of the, you know, decades messed up. But it was <laughs> this amazing performance. And then there's this drink list of wines and beers and cocktails that you can get and order and like sit down at this bar and watch this performance. So picture like Country Bear Jamboree, but instead it's a bar with, a you know, like with singers and uh, dancing at a ragtime piano that are like, and they're amazing performers. And Brian and I sit there with our drinks and then we're sitting in the saloon having a great time. When the performers are done, we like sat on the front porch of the saloon watching a train go by roller coasters in the background and these ghost town performers come out and like do their ghost town thing and i remember looking at brian and i was like <laughs> i am in heaven this is my literal actual view of like what i am looking for in a theme park like magic plus adulting <laughs> plus performances plus roller coasters that make me you know what i mean the stuff that makes you feel like a kid but the stuff that also lets you be an adult like boom absolutely 100 percent. and you you can't help but do this but i know for sure i said this when we're sitting there having a drink sitting down in a saloon with entertainment right you know, you can't help but say, like, well, you know, if this was Disney and we were at Olga's Cantina, we would have had to make a reservation two months in advance for our 45-minute mm -hmm, window yeah. and our drink limit, you know? Mm -hmm. The ghost town actors. Do you want to hear something? This is cool. This is super cool. If you're an actor and you're hired to play a, a citizen of the ghost town, <laughs> you name your character and you nobody else ever gets to play your character. Oh, it's like retiring um, a jersey. Yeah. So, like, they literally, like, whoever the sheriff is, that sheriff's name is on the sheriff hall, like, the police station, whatever they call it there. And when you're done, like, when you when you retire, when you're not the sheriff anymore, someone else is named a sheriff that has a different name. And they put take the sign off the wall. Are you kidding me? How cute is that? Everything is cute. And the performers are great. And they stay in character. And they're funny. And the, your train, when you're on the train, they rob your train every time. And it's so funny and charming. And you're just like, this is well, it. it. I love it's this. It's adorable, Ashley. And and it does make you feel like sometimes the IP overload, it feels a little dirty, you know? And so, like, right, like yeah. if you go to Universal Studios, you're like, there's Frankenstein. Let's get a picture with Frankenstein. There's Marilyn Monroe. There's the Blues Brothers. And if somebody's That's like, I don't want to be a Blues Brother anymore, they're like, fine, we'll get another Blues Brother tomorrow, which is kind of like what they did right. in Blues Brothers 2000. But I digress. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> the IP guys are just very replaceable, right? Like, this is just so cool that, like, yeah, the ghost town actors doing the ghost town thing, as Jessica put it, they, you know, like, there's a, a teacher, right? Like, Miss Winston, right? And then if when she retires, they're like, okay, well, we would like another teacher. And then, like, Miss Kate comes in, and, like, she's now the teacher. And, it's and she's just in a so different costume. Doing a different thing. She's got a different attitude, different thing. They had apparently, I talked to someone who was like, they basically have what's the equivalent of like the Hatfields and the McCoys. And they spend the entire summer, they map out like a plan for what is going to happen between like a soap opera, like what's going to happen between the Hatfields and McCoys. So if you went every day, you would see a different show. You'd see like the next episode. Oh my gosh, this is like my How favorite. How freaking great is that? This is like my favorite part about going to Colonial Williamsburg, but at a theme park right yeah so there's a little yeah. bit of that mix yeah. in there for sure exactly 
Exactly. And then, yes, of course, we have to talk about Camp Snoopy, that they were able to get the Peanuts IP back when, because <laughs> they made uh, the Knott family promise that Charles Schultz's daughter could be in the Snoopy show. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay, that's really and cute. That, that was like what like flipped it for him. He's like, well, can my daughter be in the Snoopy show? And I was like, sure. And so they were able to have this. I'm not totally sure the the connection with Cedar Fair, because I know now all Cedar Fair has it. But I think Knott's may have been the first. Do I have that right, Brian? Is, Do you remember Yes, this? it was the first. They yeah. asked Charles Schultz specifically. The Camp Snoopy area is like beautifully so manicured cute. and landscaped. Oh it's like really, really nice. As good as anything Disney does. Very good landscaping, yeah. which is a weird thing to be excited about. But, you know, you're, we're not going to go on the rides. And the characters are <laughs> great. The photo ops are great. And, Jess, now is your time to talk about the ice show, which is also Peanuts oh branded, gosh. that is not okay. anywhere else. Ashley, I haven't told you about this. We, I don't think that we have told you about this. But when Brian and I went to Knott's Merry Farm last week, which was, you know, they just started Knott's Merry Farm for the year. Every year they do it. It is not a special ticketed event. It's just part of what they call, like, Knott's Scary Farm is a special ticketed event. Knott's Merry Farm is not. The, the park just becomes all things holiday. Apparently, which we have not seen yet, which I need to go back on Sunday and do, there is a Christmas Carol. They do Christmas Carol and Mar Marley's Wings at the Bird Cage Theater. But what we went to go see, because we had limited time, was Merry Christmas Snoopy, which was the ice show, which happens in the Walter Knott Theater, which first of all, the Walter Knott Theater is super historic and beautiful on the inside and just like a great actual from a theater person. It's like a really well done modern theater. They have done a very good job with, with this theater. Like a theater theater. Right. So you hear Merry Christmas Snoopy and you know what you've heard that there's like a Snoopy on Ice show. So right. So in my head, I'm like, OK, so it's like Snoopy and like some of the characters and they just sort of like they like slide around on the ice and dance around a Christmas tree and it's cheesy. Right. And, and they sing the song, whatever. No, 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 no. This was like a world class ice skating performance. They had like 15 people in the cast. Yes, there was Snoopy. Yes, Linus and Lucy. And yes, Charlie Brown. But okay. they also hired professional ice skaters who are out there doing, like, triple axles. Okay. <laughs> like, I mean. Like... I'm still trying to wrap my brain around the fact that this is a theater with an ice skating rink inside of it. Right? Right? In but there southern... is. Would... So. Yeah. Like the ice capades. Mm -hmm. so... It's great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. They, they had, like, a partner skating thing. And I'm telling you, they did the Pamchenko. <laughs> they did the Pamchenko. It's from the cutting edge, people. Well, I mean, you it's, should know it's your film history. Honestly, like I took pictures not of the show, but of Jessica's reactions to the show because it was priceless. <laughs> I mean, did? like it was oh really, it was so impressive. I mean, we walked out of the theater and I was like, they imported those, you know, ice skaters, those ice dancers. Like these are not people that were just like <laughs> hanging out in Anaheim. I mean, this was like they the Russian ballet. Auditioned. Like they were brought yeah. in. And just so everybody who's listening knows, if you are there during Knott's Merry Farm, get there at least 30 minutes in advance because we were there probably, when did we get there? Like 20 minutes ahead of time and five minutes later they closed the yeah. line. I mean, and that was happening all day. Like they, that this is the most popular show and for good reason, it's a must see. So get there 30 minutes in we advance. We got local vibes from some people that we had met and talked to that like, this is like a, a tradition, a family tradition to like go and yeah. just see the show. Like, that's the priority. That's their thing. They yeah. were waiting in line like an hour in advance to, like, get good seats. What? And what? they're like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Although there is no bad seat, in my opinion, in that theater. It's, like I said, it's well done. 
Um, I just, I mean, as I'm looking here as like at my notes that I took, I'm what I'm really impressed about is just how like there's bumper cars and you know what I mean? There's, this is, there are some amusement D park rides, but then there's like return, Berry Tales Return to the Fair and Sad-Eyed Joe, you know, who's the, <laughs> the I, I can't spoil it for you. I'm not going to spoil it. I refuse to spoil Sad-Eyed Joe, Ashley. You have to see him for yourself. Sad He's in Ghost Joe. Town. He is a permanent fixture of Ghost Town who you have to meet. And then also, like, can we remind you that, like, Montezuma's Revenge is a coaster landmark. It was the first flywheel launch coaster in the world, the first zero to 55 miles per hour coaster in less than five seconds. And currently it's the oldest Schwarzkopf shuttle loop coaster. <laughs> Say that five times fast. This Still is, in its location. All of this was just off the top of Jessica's head. I wrote, I, I made sure, I did a TikTok about it. I did a yeah. TikTok about it because I was like, this coaster is a, you know, there's, you yeah. know, a landmark yeah. at this park too. Totally. So like that's, yeah. there's just so much to love about this park, but also it just has like a good in my opinion like it has like that magic vibe without castles and princesses if that makes sense yeah. you know what i mean it's without real i mean obviously there's the peanuts ip and you see snoopy and woodstock together and you see the red baron ride and every time i look at the red baron ride i'm like oh, do you have this so song cute. in your head like it just yeah it just like makes me you know happy but like other than that i'm not really like attached to anything in this park i didn't i haven't been going there since i was a kid and i feel like those like oh this park is so great like i love it's so cute vibes as if i have like reminiscing memories about it it's the weirdest experience but i really love this park I'm totally just like, I want everybody to go to this park <laughs> because I just think that there's something for everybody. I think Mary Farm being included is absolutely wonderful. And Not Scary Farm is like genuinely scary. It's not like fake scary. Like it's like, you know, it's really good and the mazes are well done. I just, this is a 100 year old park and I really love it and it's cute and it's clean. I'm going to, I have to talk about my love of roller coasters, why this helps take it over the top for me. And just talk about the things that they have there that are great, which is, like you said, Montezuma's Re Revenge, which is an ace coaster, which is incredible. It was built in the 70s. It's been around forever, and it's still great, and that is amazing. It has the biggest, tallest, fastest wooden roller coaster on the West Coast, which is crazy. I mean, that is a big deal to have these kinds of things. Yeah. And then they have, I don't know what kind of coaster they call hang time, but it's the thing I that do. goes up vertically. Oh, please tell me. <laughs> it's a Gerschlauer. <laughs> Seriously. They've got a Gerschlauer. But listen, what, emotionally, what hang time does is it, it brings you up over a, a 90 degree drop, hangs you there for a second, then you go down. Accelerator shoots you out at 88 miles an hour. Is it 88 miles an hour? Or am I making that up? Is you that go to zero to, to 80. 80. Yeah. Zero to 80. Okay, perfect. Eight, eight, you Rock go 88 miles an hour, and it takes you back in time to a simpler era of theme parks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like that, Ashley? That's part of my ad for Knott's Ferry Farm. <laughs> I just had this vision of... Of the third Back to the Future movie and Marty in that awful getup, the Western outfit, and him just like appearing in a boysenberry farm, and I just can't yes, right now. Hundred percent. You get on accelerator, you go eighty miles an hour, and it shoots you back Zero to Ghost to Town. Zero to eighty-two miles no, per you go, hour. No, it shoots you back to Ghost Town. Doc Brown's there. No, 
It's a different park. A different park. That's a different thing. Zero to 82 miles per hour in 2.3 seconds. It's Look, all the coasters are incredible. They all have like their own like little thing going on. There's nothing lazy about the coasters. There's a couple older ones that they, I think they built. Jaguar. Um, yeah, yeah, Jaguar. But like they're they're fun. They're just fun. <laughs> yeah. And they're, Jaguar takes you out throughout a bunch of the park, which is really which is what Pony do. Express should do, in our opinion. If we could plus it up, we want to. What I don't. E- what are we talking? I don't even know what we're talking about. Pony Express, you ride on a pony. It's a coaster where you ride on a pony. Like, it's like a, a wooden, like a horsey. They picture Hagrid's <laughs> motorbikes, but instead of a motorbike, it's a pony. And it launches you. And it's super cute and fun, but it's so short. And it, it needs to be. Yeah, it's so short. <laughs> and it needs to take you through, like, the entire park. Or at least through Ghost Town. Like, it's the Pony Express. Shouldn't it go? Actually, Shouldn't you, it be long? Like, and, and again, it was it was the first of its kind in the yeah. United States, right? Like, it's a precursor to Hagrid's, which is incredible to know. And I'm sure when they built it, they were like, "This is great. We have this thing. It's amazing." But really, honestly, when you're on it, from the time that they launch you, you say, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" And before you finish the sentence, the ride's pulling back in. Oh, yeah, it's the worst. It's so quick. It's so quick. yeah. Well, I think that we do need to probably transition here and talk about some of the negatives of the park which might also be why nobody is talking about this park or not nobody but why a lot of people aren't talking about it in like the same sentence when they're saying oh i'm coming to los angeles i'm going to visit disney and universal and no one says let's all oh, they might bring up legoland but they're not bringing up knott's berry farm and there are the other there are some negatives associated with this park so because knott's berry farm is so inexpensive and because it is a safe place to be you attract like six flags is sort of known for parents dropping off their teenagers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right and like wandering around the park and like that park in particular i think just recently went um uh no cash right Mm -hmm. because like they're just giving kids like debit cards and stuff to go in and just sort of spend because they're having a stealing problem yeah that too and like so you do get this element of like yeah i mean in orange county it's you know what a hundred bucks for a season pass it's like people just drop their teenagers off in droves sure and so like there's that element to it too which i think is also like you get that vibe from local theme parks we should also mention that believe it you know how i said earlier i guess we should mention this i don't mind talking about it that um i was i said i was there on a couple of you know interesting dates uh that first day that brian and i were there that was the night of the The shooting. If you look up Knott's Berry Farm, you might see that in July of 2021, there was what everybody thought was a shooting in the park. That's not what it was. Uh, There was a drive-by shooting out on Buena Park, in Buena Park, outside of the theme park. No one, I think, I don't know who they were shooting at. I don't know if the ever even came out. There's not a lot of great footage of it, but there's a lot of footage of people in the park who thought that they had misinformation and they thought that we thought that there was a shooter in the park. And so we actually hid in the Timber Mountain Log Ride, in the queue, we hid under fake rocks. I mean, it's, and and we were afraid for our lives there for a little bit and just sort of in shock of that this, that we were part of something like this. Um, the park was evacuated. I mean, we saw people running, we saw people tripping, we saw kids crying. Um, it was a lot, it was a lot, but um, that actually isn't what happened. 
Knots absolutely does have security. They absolutely, you go through metal detectors on your way in, your bags are searched on the way in, very similar to Disney. You know, I think a lot of people also maybe associate it like, oh, well, I heard that that's, that park isn't safe because it's just, you know, misinformation kind of going out there as well. But we were there and we can tell you that is not what happened. <laughs> I only have to say that if I'm ever in a position of danger, I'm so happy to be around fake rocks. Yeah, to, thank to goodness for the fake rocks. The fake rocks. The fake rocks really were a, a, a sanctuary in that moment. The music that was playing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Stuff that I was yeah. like, is this it for me? I've found this yeah. park that I absolutely adore, that I feel like is like my perfect park. <laughs> it, it was tough, but I mean, I will say that, you know, it was nice being with Jess, who handled it very well. And it was, you know, she's a... <laughs> She's a helper. And, you know, we, there were a lot of kids, as we just talked about, teenagers that were there that got separated from their families and were lost and, you know, you know, visibly upset. And, uh, you know, we helped reunite a couple families uh, afterwards. Oh, and, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. We did. And so, yeah, there were, there was, you know, parts of it that were good. And fortunately, nobody got, you know, seriously injured. And um, yeah, it was it was a wild experience for That's sure. That's right. We were kind of looking around for kids <laughs> to be like, are you don't, okay? Don't say that. That's that sounds weird. weird. <laughs> but like we were don't sort of looking that. around to see like, are there kids on their own who got separated from their parents? There were a lot. So Jessica and I don't have children, but yeah. we go to theme parks looking for kids. <laughs> that sounds well, terrible. Well, that's the only way that we can get into Legoland, so. <laughs> I know, right? We, do Are you interested in Legoland? You like theme parks. <laughs> can I, wait, can I go? Let me throw, let me throw my, my, my only negative is, and this is probably, I think I noticed this at, you know, any theme park is like, there's a lot of like, our, our money, for lack of a better thing to say that goes into these things right and it, in terms of like planning right like we've all seen amazing theme park planning not scary farm or or any kind of like ticketed event at night where you're like there are a billion people in this park how are they going to transition from like people hanging out in this park to a private event in an hour and when you see that infrastructure it's fascinating you're like wow this is amazing what you can actually do i would say that sometimes at knots there the infrastructure and the planning is like not perfect so, like, their version of a fast pass, which doesn't even exist anymore. What do they call it there, Jess? Express? Fast lane. They call fast it fast lane. lane. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's no real rhyme or reason to that. You know, they take yeah. money. They say there's a fast lane. There is a fast lane. I highly recommend you do the fast lane because oh there's, no there's no rules. There's no rules. You get off a roller coaster, you, you get back on. You get off you get a roller coaster, on, yeah. you get back on. Like, and, like, the as first a person standing in line and you're watching this, like, teenager... Just get off the ride and get right back on. You're like, what? Hold, hold on a second. Can we do a little, little for them, little for us? So, like, there's, like, not really a lot of planning with, like, the intricacies of, like, an express pass type thing. I would also say maybe – I don't know if this is a negative or – or a positive. I can't totally decide. But something that Knott's has done since the very beginning, since like Virginia, the Knott's daughter built her gift shop, is that they've always been about like local artisans. And that's a tradition that they keep up today. So they have a lot of times in their stores where you would think like, oh, I'm going to walk in here and there's going to be like themed merch. There's going to be things having to do with the area or like I can buy a Charlie Brown thing here or whatever. And like, no, it's like a glass blower that they brought in her shop and she's got her Instagram handle up and she's blowing glass there like live and you can buy little like gummy bears or like th that are that are necklaces which I almost bought that, that's the first thing that sticks out in my head or like you know little like roses but then also <laughs> but not in like a um in a way that fits with the theming of the land necessarily like you can get a 
uh, L.A. Rams backpack. I, I, have a, I have a way to put this that will shock the heck out of Ashley. Okay. Ashley, would you believe that there's a store inside of Knott's Berry Farm where you can go in and buy Harry Potter merchandise? What? Yeah, facts. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there was a comic what? book shop. There was a comic book artist there uh, that was drawing like Marvel things, like Stan Lee and Spider Man, and um, uh, Mickey Mouse like hugging uh, Stan Lee. So okay, so I think that this is, <laughs> I think that this is actually not like helping them. <laughs> like right. it's, yeah, yeah. That... I mean, this is the part where it feels like that local theme yeah. park. Yeah. And it's just not what we're used to being obsessed with Disney and Universal. Yeah, they're not like themed artisans and they are able to have like their Etsy shop up and they make neck pillows and they make candles and soap and things like that that like don't really have anything. On the one hand, well, that's kind of cool that they kept up the traditional of the artisans, but then it's like, oh, that's a little like, hmm, kind of takes me out of ghost town. Yeah. I think that that I almost feel like the park is so cute and clean and has a lot of the elements that Disney parks have that it's like actually pretty close if it if it had the right person in charge to say okay here we go we're getting rid of this 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 and we're adding this this and this we're going to make this up on par with Disney parks once and for all and take out anything that makes you feel like this is like your local park you know, I feel like they maybe could, but should they? I don't know, because that's a lot of who they get is people, you know, Buena Park teens come into, come into the park, you know, so maybe they don't want to, but they're, but what's crazy is like, they're almost there. Like they could be there. I mean, they, they had a better start, Jess. They had a better start than Disney did. Yeah. Especially in like, when you look at like Frontier Town, like Ghost Town and Frontier Town are very like, parallel, yeah. right? <laughs> And like front, like Ghost Town in first of all, again, we're starting off on the like with their branding. It's almost like you go back a hundred years and they're messing up with the branding. It's like, is Ghost Town what you're going with here? You know, it's like it's that sounds like like Frontier Town sounds like a nice place I'd like to visit. Frontier Land, land. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> there, you know what the thing is? There's a Frontier Town in Ocean City, Maryland. This is why. Oh, okay. Up, which is a themed campground. Well, that'll be the next episode. <laughs> Your local themed campground. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like Ghost Town is like, uh, it, it's so authentic. And, you know, 60 years ago, you could go and pan for gold there. Mm-hmm. And you can still pan for gold there now. Mm-hmm. And 60 years ago, when you would pan for gold there, you would actually walk out with real gold dust. Not even like fool's gold. The knots part of it was like, these were things that were really part of the Wild West. that were really part of the frontier. And everything that is in other theme parks that's like that was constructed to give the feeling that that's what it was. And it's endearing and we love it now. And we're like, oh, look at this cute little thing that's supposed to mimic a mining town. When what is in Knott's is actual stuff from an actual mining town, including entire buildings that were literally just picked up and moved to Knott's Berry Farm. And like, that's incredible. And it really shows. Ashley, have I convinced you that you need to check out Knott's Berry Farm next time you're in town? Yes. And actually, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say something that is, is going to be, it's going to blow both of your minds. I actually don't want to plan it. I don't think, I don't think, I don't actually think that this is a park from what you're telling me that is, that somebody needs a plan or needs like tips and tricks to get around, like, This sounds like a park where you can actually do the old school way of just walking in and being like, this is a ride I want to ride. I'm going to get in line for it. 
Absolutely. The only thing that I would say, well, I'll, I'll say just my one little devil's advocate thing, and then I'll also agree with you, is that if you are interested <laughs> in... That, that, that makes zero sense, by the way. That if you are interested in roller coasters, some of the roller coaster lines can get long. So if you have something you're like, I have to do Ghost Rider, maybe Rope Drop Ghost Rider. And by the way, Rope Drop, I mean, this park, you know, sometimes op- opens at 10. You know what I mean? So like Rope Dropping is not like absolutely a insane you know and uh, or if you want really want to get on accelerator yeah it can get to be 90 minutes long and if it's hot outside oh my goodness brian and i wait, how long did we wait three hours one time that was for a, Christmas that house. was a yeah that was an operational was, error on all was, sides and so that'd be the only thing that if you are a coaster person and you like have the coaster that you want to do, then yeah i would rope drop that that would be the only planning someone like you know quote unquote that i would do and you can only see wait times when you're there just oh, so you know, you're not going to be able okay. to see them like ahead of time. Or like, I'm wondering what the weights are at Disneyland today. You can look that up. Not so, but that's also true of uh, Six Flags, but also with Cedar Fair Parks, you can't see that apparently. So it's geolocated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. But I would agree with you that I would prefer that you just kind of went without a plan. Of course, you're going to be with me and Brian. So <laughs> we're going to have things that we want you to see. But what's unique about this park is the way, at least for me, and what I loved about it is that I let it reveal itself to me. <laughs> that sounds so cheesy, but it's true. Like, I felt like I was just like, oh, parks, I get it. Let me just go on this big roller coaster that's here. Oh, wait, a dark ride? Oh, wait, what? Is, this one? That looks familiar. Like, oh, Wait, let me try this. Wait, they have gluten-free? Wait, they have drinks everywhere? The drinks are really good? Like, <laughs> the actors are talking to me? Like, like, the park just sort of happened around me. And I was like, this park is great. This is a great park. A great theme park that I love. I love it, too. And I think the tip here, Ashley, is that there are no tips. There are no tips. There are none. This is a tipless oh, wait. park. Oh, wait. I have one. Oh, I have <gasps> a, This is a good one. Oh, this oh. is a good one. I'm going to do a TikTok about it, too. Knots, unlike Six Flags, I would recommend bringing a bag to Knots. I would oh. recommend bringing a backpack or a crossbody, whichever you prefer, Ashley, to Knots. <laughs> That's a throwback to ours. What's a new theme park bag episode? But here's why. So Knots, while they do have these, first of all, when you're doing any of the dark rides, you can keep your bags with you, much like on Disney attractions. Okay. But for the coasters, they have cubbies not lockers so it's it's the type of thing where you know what if you've been to six flags or a roller coaster park you've seen like hey you can dump your stuff in this bin over here before getting on Mm. the ride but you're doing it at your own risk we're not watching it for you there's going to be other cars that come through there they might grab your stuff well at knots they have this really cute cubby system so it's right there just same similar situation where you cross over the ride car And they have these cubbies and you choose a cubby and you put your stuff in it and they close the door of the cubby. Like they slide kind of like, think of like a closet door, which opens up the other side of the cubbies. So now your stuff is closed off to only the people in your car. So they're only going to open it when your car comes back. Hmm. Meanwhile, the people behind you who are coming in on like the next car, they their cubby holes are open on the other side and so they're able to grab their stuff out meanwhile our car comes around does this make sense yes it's hard to describe so i really wanted to do a TikTok over it but i was like wow in that case then like i would recommend bringing a backpack because not basically has good security and i even saw cameras 
it pointed at these cubby holes. And you don't have to pay for it. Where them. I recommend bringing a bag to Disney because you can bring them with you on every attraction. Yeah. And I don't recommend bringing any, like, put stuff in your pockets only at Six Flags so you don't have to put anything in those bins. The, in fact, the last time I was at Six Flags, someone, I love Six Flags, I really love Six Flags, but, like, someone's water or a soda overturned over someone's mm. purse. Mm. And there was just, like, what do you, what can you do about it? Like, your stuff's Ugh. just, like, in a bin with a bunch of people's, you know, when I say bin, I mean a bin. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a like bin. A, it's a bin. You know? Like a Rubbermaid type of large bin. And your stuff's just in there with who, whatever else is in there. And someone's soda spilled over over someone's purse. And But in this case, with like your own cubby and it's closed off to only the people in your car and there's a camera on it, bring a bag. <laughs> so why did we do this episode today? Basically, one, I wanted to tell Ashley all about knots. And she was like, don't tell it to me. Tell it to me on the podcast. Yes. But two, like... I'm fascinated about this history and I feel like there might, and with Brian also being fascinated and me coming home and like telling my husband about it and then telling Luke who was on the last, who's on the Universal episode, I'm like, have you been to Knott's? And he's like, no, no, he's there. And he's like, this is a great park. And I'm like, there's something here that we need people to hear. Maybe you're not the only ones out there. Maybe you've been going to Knott's for years and you're rolling your eyes at us and you're being like, this was not a helpful episode at all. <laughs> but we, this was our sort of like reintroduction. We feel like we've rediscovered Knott's Berry Farm, at least for ourselves. What we're saying is that after 100 years, it deserves our word of mouth. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And if you are a person who is stressed out <laughs> by the Disney stuff, I'm just saying, because it right now especially is very stressful. It is stressful. And and a lot of money. And I mean, if magic key holders can't... I was just going to say. If your tradition was going for the holidays to take a picture in front of a tree at a theme park, you can't do that this year at the Disney parks. But you can do it at Knott's. So normally, when we have a guest on in the episode, we do the theme park gets five questions. But Brian, you've already answered those. Uh, so in this case, I'm going to ask both of you a special edition of the theme park gets five <gasps> questions. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Yes. Favorite ride at Knott's Berry Farm? Accelerator, because I made a TikTok out of it and it went really well. <laughs> but also, count. it's so fun. But also, it's so, so, so fun. I love that ride so much. It's so scary looking, but it's actually, like, really fun to ride. Timber Mountain Log Ride. Otherwise known as Calico Log Ride. Otherwise known, otherwise known as, as the, the Creeker Circle Splash Mountain. Timber Mountain. <laughs> yeah. Favorite... <laughs> Favorite food at Knott's Berry Farm? I'll take this one first. I just had some turkey meatballs at Knott's Berry Farm. That blew my mind. Best quick serve I've ever had in a theme park, hands down, if you don't count Food and Wine Fest. I'm going to say they're gluten-free vegan pizza, which I know I keep bringing up, but honestly... I have not had as that good of a gluten-free vegan pizza like in or out of theme parks. I think it's a really great pizza and it's just like a bonus that it's vegan. I love it. If you were to work at Knott's, what job would you want? I want to be the president and decide what I'm doing with the park <laughs> wow. and implement <laughs> uh, implement all of my ideas. I would like to uh, be one of the ice dancers in the Snoopy Christmas <laughs> They're figure skaters. Oh, I'm sorry. There's I'm a sorry. difference. But would you do the Pimchenko? I mean, absolutely. What are we talking about? Toe pick. I mean, there's there's honestly, what ride would you not? What, what would you not want to do there? I mean, seriously. Like, the, the queue for Timber Mountain Log Ride, it's like, I mean, those guys are dressed like they're lumberjacks. They look like they're having a good time. They're kicking the logs around. I kind of want to live so in that space fun. for a little while. You love flumes, man. Oh. He really does. 
Die Hard. Stan flumes. But this is like a flume themed flume. Like with like <laughs> <laughs> What is the theme of this log flume flume? Flume. Like it's an actual log flume and then there's like mine and they're like, Hey, what are you doing here? And they they theme it for ho- for Halloween. They theme it for Scary Farm, Ashley. And make it scary. There's like bats in the caves. And it's by the way, it's like fast. You know that it's like it's not like a how do you do. It's like literally like you are you is are like, flume down this. It's like how do you do? Like <laughs> is it like Dudley Do Rights? Faster. No, it's not faster. Oh than yes, Dudley Do-Rights. I think I, you think it's faster than Dudley Do Rights. Absolutely, I think it is. Yeah. It doesn't have that like crazy hill at the bottom. It's just no. it's a regular hill like Splash Mountain. But just the regular flume. like the. It's yeah, like the fluming around it. It's also like time. long. Yeah. Fluming? Yeah. Fluming's just a word. Yeah. Word. yeah, it is. You're fluming. I am very insistent, Fluming by the way, up. that all log flume themes should be log flume. Like that, <laughs> I feel strongly about that. I like Deadly Do Rights. I like a good Splash Mountain, but it's they're at its best when you are the log that has been, you know, cut and transported. <laughs> okay, next question. Or you're in the log. Yes, you're, you're in cut, the log. You're, you're getting you're transported. POV, you're a log. <laughs> you're a log. What is the one thing that you, if you could control all delete out of Knott's Berry Farm, <laughs> what would it be? Maybe the hangman's tree. Or, you know what mm. else? Um, you know how there are multiple religions? <laughs> 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 At Knott's Berry Farm, oh, there is I think, one. I think uh, you're, you're going to control all delete this Farm. part of the conversation when you edit <laughs> no, this No, I'm not. I want to leave it. You know how there are multiple religions? <laughs> At Knott's Berry Farm, there is one religion, and that is all that they seem to recognize. And so I would okay. say, and, and I'm not about like, I'm listen, I'm I'm Christian myself, but like, there's just no. It was we were there for Knott's Berry Farm, and there's not anything Hanukkah related, Kwanzaa related. It's just not there. That same part of it where it's like it's Americana, and Americana's you know adorable. But there also can be like a little bit too much of Americana, and I would control it to leave maybe a little bit of that. So I think it's like the there's a store there called like the gun store, and they don't sell guns, but it's like it's part Anymore. of this like old they west, yeah. So it's part of this like old they west vibe, guns. and not Walter not had like a little bit of a history of being like, you know, strap on your boots and get to work kind of a politics thing, and he had a few like rally type situations in that area. Mm-hmm pushing hard that that sort of agenda so that that there's a little bit of like leftover you know i think if you take it in stride you go and enjoy yourself for what it is uh i think you you can have that but like that the part of the park maybe you could all delete a little bit i mean to to be fair i'm just just because we're this is this this is bringing this up but also want to acknowledge the fact that like other parks this is not this is not a, a specific thing to knots like we talked about on our Dollywood episode that Dollywood yeah, has, yep. that has a chapel. There is a chapel inside of Dollywood um, and they do service. It's non-denominational, but they do a service every Sunday. And the whole reason why they did this was so that folks didn't have to choose between going to a service and going to Dollywood. Like that is the I think purpose it's, of it. I think it's that same vibe. I think we always think of Southern California as being like super inclusive and like just kind of like a hub of you know the whole world political really. correctness yeah and it really yeah. can be yeah. it really is but you know it's like same as like dollywood like knows their their core base i mean the same it's same at knots you know i think that like the, the the folks that are like coming there like they it's in that dolly world sort of space but also and or i should say and and also dollywood has definitely done a lot to like bring a lot of 
diversity and exposure to other things like with their music festivals and the groups that they so all that to say is like there's definitely room for a more welcoming vibe yeah and maybe we just haven't seen that yet as sort of newer newer knots goers newer annual pass holders Ashley, I'm really excited for you to go to Knott's Berry Farm with us for the first time. And Brian, I can't wait to go again. I can't wait to go with Ashley. Are you so excited to go with Ashley? I'm so, like, you're going to get, it's going to be like the podcast all over again. Have we talked it up too much though? No, or no, no, is no, no, she, no. okay. Because no, you guys literally spent so much time talking about the history that we literally did not talk about the ride. Yeah, good, good. And I wouldn't yes. spoil the things that I didn't want spoiled for you. Um, and we didn't even talk about like the lodge. Oh my gosh! But I think, okay. but I think what There's we're so overselling, Jess, is just like our enthusiasm for it, which is like, how can Ashley be disappointed in that? Like we didn't like oversell. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. the landscaping is amazing. So we're gonna go to Camp Snoopy. I'm gonna point at a tree and be like, Ashley, look at how amazing this tree is. What could she possibly say? She's gonna be like, yeah. She'd be amazing. like, yeah. she'd be like, excellent landscaping. You are correct. That's, yeah, is that's a great tree. That's a great tree. I mean. I'm listen. I'm into it. I am. I'm excited. I'm excited for you, Jess, in that I won't have to wake you up at 5 a.m. to rope drop this park. I know, which right? you must be very thrilled about. Let's do it. Yay! So, Brian, uh, since we're signing off here, uh, anything that you can tell us about what's going on with you and how can people find you and your projects? I am super excited to be working on a couple theme park adjacent projects. I'm doing a little bit of work on the Harry Potter reunion on HBO Max, which has been very exciting because they've got a presence in some theme parks. And as I've talked to some of the cast in the theme parks, I very gladly ask them questions about whether or not they've been to Universal Studios and been on the rides and been there and what they think about it. And that has been really a lot of fun. That's been really cool. So can you, any that you can spill, any you can spill, any theme park ride loves. Yes. (laughs) I, you know, I think my favorite conversation was with Jason Isaacs, as we know, uh, it's Lucius Malfoy. I, we talked a bit about how, you know, in just the movies and where they fall into like the history of the theme parks, like how they, you know, how they intersect and what Chris Columbus had helped build. And if you go to Diagon Alley, if you're in Universal Studios and you're in that part of the Harry Potter experience, the everything that's there is in like the first 30 minutes of the first movie. And we talked about that quite a bit, you know, because we talked about how important the first movie was for setting everything up. And not only did it just set up the world, it set up that theme park, um, which I don't yeah. think that gets enough appreciation. So it's all it's all there. That's I awesome. Mean, yeah. So true. Yeah. So so that was pretty cool and special. And uh, I'm also working on a project um, with Disney and a few other folks about there's a current game on Oculus Quest, which is now called MetaQuest, called Tales from Galaxy's Edge. So it's kind of a fun project to work on. Amazing. And so and how can people find you if they just want to find you on socials? Uh, the best way is on Instagram. And it's just Brian Cavallero, all one word. And Jess, I recently um uh, upgraded my status on there uh, to say single rider. Yes. <laughs> Listen, That's single awesome. rider means uh, something very specific to me, which is uh, here's a great way to access a, an attraction. Yes. And maybe you'll get some attraction from other single riders. Is this, is this like a this is like, it's like a dating show. This podcast. I know. <laughs> After Luke's episode, oh, maybe gosh. you will find your amber waves. Oh gosh. <laughs> 
There it is. <laughs> On that note, to find out more about Ashley and I, our store, and Ashley's travel planning services, check out themeparkettes.com. We are on TikTok at themeparkettes, Instagram at thethemeparkettes. My personal Instagram is at actor Jessica Gardner. And I'm at Happy Go Ashley. We are Jessica and Ashley, the Theme Parkettes, and hey, if you see us about to be fluming with some Disney expats, come up to us and say hi. Remember, you can sit with us at the Calico Saloon. <laughs> thanks, everybody, and thanks for joining us again, Brian. Thanks, guys. Flume. <laughs> flume, flume. All I want to do is a flume, 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 but it's only flume. <laughs>